Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up this Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for I am your host, Darren, and with me today I have my guest Martin Hello And we are going to be discussing Minute 52 which is episode 53 We're going from 5201 to 53 on the time code for anyone going minute by minute and sure i was just going to say what a what a what an exciting minute it is well where we are in the film so far is is phil he's already met susan once he's gone back home and recently spoken to his financial advisor and he's decided to take a walk again and go and meet susan again so clearly he's smitten that, that first glass of water that he had was clearly, I don't know, the best water that he'd ever tasted. Hmm. Uh, and he's going back to sample some more of Susan. And uh, we pick up, he's just bumped into Susan. Uh, she's outside her house. Uh, I believe she was just unloading or loading some food into the back of her truck or, or car, sorry. And, and that's when Phil wanders up and Susan has just um, introduced her business to him. Um, and shown her badge to him, which says in very big letters, Susan's Pantry Country Catering, which is an awkward name for a business, but... I've heard worse. <laughs> I, it just seems, those like, the word pantry and country, I could understand, like, um, you know, Susan's Pantry Catering, or... Yeah, country, pantry, it's, you have one word that sort of uh, reminds you of pants, and one word that sort of reminds <laughs> you of female genitals, so... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> which is unfortunate yeah and then susan uh, wanting to find out if they share something more in common than just humphrey bogart mm. asks do you cook and phil's response is a little puzzling because he says a little bit mostly minimalist and i'm i'm not sure what he means by minimalist cooking burned waffles but yeah as so far he's he keeps ordering takeout which uh, isn't cooking even in its most minimalist sense. Uh, and then he says, my son doesn't complain, though. A bold-faced lie. <laughs> yes. Because all all Chris does throughout the, the entire of this film is essentially just be hostile to Phil. Um, and up until this moment, that is all he has been. He has not relented so far with his hostility to Phil. He's, you know, so far, uh, Chris has been nothing but hostile it's been nothing but complaints. Yes. And so then Susan is uh, trying to get rid of Phil. He looked worse the first time that she she like she met him. I was just going to say the exercise seems to uh seems to already be working on him. He's less uh sweaty, less gross looking and um nicer dressed also. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he looks a lot better than the last time she saw him. 
Um, but she explains, I've got to get going. It's a big day for my company today. And I feel like calling it a company is probably overselling it a little bit. Because I'm not sure that Susan and her kids... I don't think the term Trent does any cooking in this film. So Susan and Tina... I don't think constitutes a company. And Phil, of course, begins the lies again with, uh, you know, I was I was kind of in the area. Mm. Um, and we, we, the viewer, know from the earlier minute with Mr. Financial Advisor that his entire motivation was to come and see Susan. He wasn't in the area. Well, it's like if, if there's a vampire at your door and um, you let him in, he can come in any time. Once is enough. So she, well, she's invited Phil in, so it's too late now. He he thinks, you know, he thinks that he's got free run of the the place. And Susan relents immediately and's like, "How about another glass of water? I wouldn't want you to get dehydrated," which is sensible because it seems like Phil has left the house again without any water on him, <laughs> uh, which is what he did the previous time. Although this time, obviously, as you say, like he's not as sweaty as last time. Yes. Uh, there's a really there's a nice little detail just as um, they cut back to Phil after uh, Susan says uh, we want you to get dehydrated. Um, there's uh, there's just a little drop a little droplet of sweat running down uh, running down his face. Yeah, and that's such a nice contrast to the uh, over the top uh, 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 marathon runner like. Uh, yeah, the sweat, the sweat bands that were there before, yeah, like the, yeah. the kind of um, I don't know how you you. It's like a, it was like a, a sweat V neck that was going on it last was, time. Yeah, yeah, that they'd. I I don't know if they'd hosed. I think it was discussed before. I don't know if they'd hosed him down or if that was just Johnny Whitaker's natural physical state. People don't sweat like that. Like, no, if if your neck is that uh, wet, you're you're drenched from uh, from tip of your hairs to uh, the tip of your toes. This time he looks more decent, and he's not wearing a, a novelty T-shirt this time either. Uh, he's he's gone with like normal attire. Um, and so, you know, we get a quick shot of the, the side of the poorhouse. I assume it's the side of the poorhouse, because... Just one of their uh, trademark establishing <laughs> shots held a little bit, just a tiny bit too long. Yes. And then we get uh, the start of what will be the meat of the next few episodes of this podcast, but we only get about 20 seconds of it. And just as the um, the theme from the opening titles starts up, just as we get inside the kitchen. Yeah. I'm sure we all know that theme by now. It's all stuck in our heads. As Phil drinks a glass of water and really sells that he's enjoyed that water, saying, thank you so much, it hit the spot. And he's like, you know, I wanted to tell you that I really appreciated our conversation yesterday, <laughs> which I th I think is one of the very few times in this film where we actually get a sense of time. But yeah, so the last time we saw Phil and Susan was was only one day ago, and already <coughs> Phil Phil's cardio has worked him up so that he doesn't uh, he doesn't sweat so much. And then Susan is like, uh, I you know I liked it too. And then she's like, I, I more than liked it. And Phil is like, Susan, I don't want you to think I'm weird or anything, but I was just wondering. And then we get. Um, I think it's meant to be an oven, but it just sounds like someone's alarm clock going off to wake them up uh, <laughs> off screen. Uh, yes. And then we get Susan saying, and this is unfortunately where we, we leave the scene, oh, that's my cheese puffs. And she, she goes 
I think we we finish just as she heads over towards the oven. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the end of the minute. I mean, it's funny because of course Phil gets cut off mid sentence, about to tr- attempt to move this relationship to the next level. I feel proving himself to be um, helpful. I think it's funny because he says, "I don't want you to think I'm weird or anything." The weirdest thing is, is you know, like the previous day he looked like he'd been mugged. Yes, uh, and uh, she let him in anyway. So. I don't think Susan's got any standards at this point. She's just like, yeah, sure, come on in. Well, it's 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 not in our minute. It's the next minute. But um, he says, I I I don't want to uh, I don't want to be weird. I don't want you to think I'm weird yeah. or something like that. And um, he is about to uh, behave in a very <laughs> very weird yeah. fashion. Which I think that's that's one of those things. Um, this could be mildly uh, comical. I think that's that's an intentional setup. Yeah, and it's one of um, many things in this. Um, "Quote unquote" script that um, <laughs> might actually have worked if if they uh, if they just played it a little bit tighter. I mean, I don't know if it is a setup for Phil does start acting in a really really weird way. If it was a better script and if it was better actors, <laughs> which you know you could pretty much apply to most of this film. Um, yeah, I think that whole yeah. "I don't want you to think I'm weird" or anything could 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 play a bit more comical. Uh, but as it is, it just seems like Johnny Whitaker kind of like struggling to seem normal, <laughs> which which I feel is a fight that he loses for most of this film. Um, you know, it, it, I think he's meant to be like an everyman. Um, like the key relationships in this film, you know, Phil and Susan, I think is meant to be. Yes. Is meant to be like one. I think for the adults, uh, you've obviously got these two single parents finding love over. Um, a glass of water. Obviously, because this is a kids' film, I think if it wasn't a kids' film, they would be. That would be like um, probably an alcoholic drink, or I feel like. I feel like like the whole the whole hydration thing is such a weird thing for them to put in. Sure. I mean, understandable when you see like Johnny Whitaker's like body shape. The fact that Susan calls back to the fact that they shared a glass of water the day before, and that she and that she enjoyed both the conversation and the glass of water. You work with uh, what you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I think this all yeah. fits in with the um, with the. Uh, you know, there's um, there's a baseline uh, for this movie, and it's set to um, zero offensiveness, uh, which is why yeah. uh, nobody is n- nobody is allowed to have any real problems. Um, nobody is allowed to have any real conflict, and um, nothing can really be bad and um ex- except for the uh weirdly um vicious uh sibling uh, uh, uh verbal spats um yeah but yeah just in general i think um susan being a cook and phil being a tech guy and all of these decisions i think i think all of these decisions were uh dictated by necessity and uh then confronted with not yeah. a lot of thought like they knew they had this uh house in the woods and they knew um she had to do something and uh she had to do it from home because she can't be a welder because we can't show her <laughs> weld anything she can't be a waitress at a diner because we 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 don't have one of those. So what can you do from home? I guess cook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So um, she's a caterer, 
with um with a uh, normal sized uh, household kitchen and um, a daughter who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, and she runs a catering business out of her home. So uh, that works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it does seem it does seem like that. that. It does seem like something that was written to fit what they had, which. Uh, in some circumstances, you know, that makes a great film, uh, you know, right into to what you have. But in this circumstance, I don't think it does. Uh, and my last thought on this is it. this is one of the, the minutes where we get once again uh, Phil mentioning his son. Um, and, the, mm. and when he was with Susan the day before, he mentioned his son, I think, twice. Mm. Uh, you know, when he said about uh, people, you know, do people think you're crazy? And he's like, well, you know, my son does. And then he mentioned his son again. And he's mentioned his son here. He mentioned his son in the article where he retired. And I I, I had a theory that, you know, in this film, they're trying to uh, to emphasize that Phil wants to reconnect with his son. Um, the only problem is every single time we see Phil and Chris in the same room together, there's nothing but hatred from Chris. So, so it doesn't really work. Like... You know, Phil isn't melting his son's defenses down at any point during the film. He's literally just keeps saying to other people, oh, yeah, you know, I, I want to retire to be with my son. Uh, he's mentioning it here. Oh, yeah, you know, my son, you know, when he talks about his cooking. And yet, whenever we see him with his son, it's literally just, um, you know, nothing but like a, a kind of hatred from uh, from Chris directed <laughs> At, at Phil at, and like maybe with a better uh, actor playing the son, we might have been able to get a, like a subtle change with Chris, mm. like throughout the scene, like from the early scenes where he seems indifferent to his father's retirement, yeah, so, like so indifferent where he's like, "Oh, you're home early." Like literally, that's kind of like his first line. Maybe we would have been able to get a subtle change of him taking an interest in what his father's doing. But as it is, it just seems. You know. Yeah. Well, there are there are um, flashes of that, uh, like uh, in their first conversation. Um, at first, uh, he's all hostile, but then there's um, a little moment where he's like, "So now what?" And um, suddenly he seems concerned about his father, but just just for a second, and then he's back to being yeah um, indifferent. Uh, yeah. And it's like it's like I think. Um, I think they were going for, um, well, it's obvious they were going for, uh, you know, just a teenage son. And, um, of course, uh, of course he doesn't, uh, he's, he's too cool to, um, care about his father, but then he does, but his, but his father gets on his nerves because he's a teenager <laughs> And a better actor and a um, better script um, would have made this clear, but um, yeah. the way it's written and the way it's acted, it's like it's like it's like a light switch on or off, and that's that's what that's what most of this uh, family conflict is like in this movie. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's either perfect harmony or barefaced hatred. Yeah, so I think that's about everything that we can say about this minute. We, we've missed the excitement of, of what's to come in the, the next kind of 30 seconds, and obviously the conflicts that follow from that. Yes. But, you know, we got to see Susan's um, 
Susan's badge in, in close-up as she, she proudly showed it to Phil. Mm-hmm. And Phil has had his second glass of water, so he's fully he's fully hydrated. Keeping healthy, looking good. Uh, we're in a weird position for the, like the next kind of 10 minutes where we sort of know that Susan is worrying about nothing because regardless of how these cheese puffs turn out, and we know there's going to be a slight hiccup with that, yes. uh, you know, the investment is, is safe and, you know, possibly... Maybe her company might be safe. Did get to hear the um, catchy title theme again? Just, just, just a few bars. Just kind of, just coming in. So thanks for joining me, Martin. If you've enjoyed this episode of a Talking Cast, follow us on Twitter at a Talking Cast. Like us on Facebook slash a Talking Cast. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud or on Stitcher or rate and review us at iTunes. Bye. Goodbye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. Sie hörten Folge 53 von A Talking Cast, dem A Talking Cat Podcast, nach dem niemand je verlangt hat. Es moderierte Darren Husted, zu Gast war Martin Sand. Redaktion und Schnitt Darren Husted, Musik Casey Trimble, Grafik Josh Harless, Offsprecher John Kowaleski, Herstellungsleitung Darren Husted und Sarah Cantor. Copyright 2015, all rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Ruhe sanft, Maddox Bailey.